Lori here, and welcome to the Awakening Moments podcast. Grab a cup of tea and let's spend some time together. My co-host Rhonda and I are ordained ministers working together at Life Center Church. We are leaders, wives, moms, and longtime friends. In this podcast, we hope to share some meaningful moments from our lives, everything from lessons we've learned the hard way or how to rise up in the midst of obstacles and insecurities. We will encourage you to take risks and remind you that you are deeply loved and completely worthy. Let's awaken life's most amazing moments together. Hi, Rhonda. Hi, Laura. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Always a good day. It's a podcast day. So fun. So, so fun. Good. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, um, are you almost ready for Christmas? You know what? I am almost ready. I'm done with my kids shopping. Amazing. I know. but Online? You... Oh, yeah. Online. So good, eh? I know. Oh but gosh. I ordered something that took forever to get here, mm-hmm. and it's too small. Oh, no. Don't you hate that? Oh, that's a bummer. And it's, I have Doing returns online is not fun. No, I don't even know if I can return it. Like, it's like one of those, it's not like a chain store. It was something I bought specific and... Oh, well. Such a bummer. That is a bummer. Oh, well. I got to deal with that. But other than that, everything else is done. We, uh, we had a week of holidays which was so so nice so, so we great. sat on the couch one day and did all of our Christmas shopping oh, online and the packages fun. started coming in all week long but we didn't realize that our kids share our Amazon account <laughs> oh no and every single time we bought something it notified them on their phone it <gasps> sent them a notification that said you just bought and it to- it said exactly what we bought <laughs> no <laughs> is that not so hilarious? they all know oh yeah they all know everything yep <laughs> Oh, anything we bought on Amazon, they saw. Oh my gosh, that is kind of a bummer. Isn't that? It's not hilarious though. But it is hilarious, lore. It's so uh, whatever. I don't even really care. Oh, <laughs> that. Oh, they're probably That's happy. So they know already. Funny. Okay, like, that I is so happy. Oh my gosh, they're we so happy. Dying. I'm sure. They're like, hey, mom, you know we see the Amazon account, eh? Like, what? Because oh, we literally sat goodness, in an afternoon Laura. and did, did all of it. Like we just boom, 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 got it all done. Like So those listening, be very careful. <laughs> yes. Be very careful. Parenting tip. I mean, I have to put it on your Amazon account. Yes. <laughs> Seriously, we should use each other yes, and be like, yes. Ah, ah, ah. yes, totally. Oh my goodness. Oh, that anyways, is yeah. Funny. Isn't that funny. Okay, that is funny. I know. I know. I mean, so. You're taking it funny, which is awesome. But some people that would be like devastating. <laughs> oh, I don't really care. You're like whoopee. They're teenagers now. They're kind oh, of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they uh, they tell us what they want anyway. So I mean, if we get, you know, if we yeah, buy from their list, they yeah. know what they're getting anyway. Yeah. All good. I mean, it's All not good. devastating. It's just no, stuff. It's just stuff. It's just. I know. Stuff. It really is, eh? I know. I know. I know. But anyways, yes. So other than that. That's great. That's great. Good. (gasps) Well, listen, I think that we should talk a little bit more about what we learned at uh, the conference that we went to, the the Restoration Prayer Conference, because I think the topic of spiritual conflict is like, it's not something people talk about very often. No. It's even in the church, which is crazy because of how real the spiritual realm is and that it's happening around us constantly like all the time all the time all the time but we actually don't really talk about it that much it's true yeah yeah and so I think you know coming from you know this training and this teaching and yeah maybe just talking a little bit about what we learned or about what stood out about it or maybe just having some conversations about what 
what you believe about it or, you know, and just see, let's just see where the conversation goes. Well, you know, knowing me my whole life, I've always had this um, deep, I've always had an, like a, I don't want to say, I don't know how to use the word, but so excited about heaven and so excited about the oh, yes. very much anticipation for heaven and for exactly. sure. Oh my gosh, you're and obsessed with heaven. Obsessed. I am obsessed. <laughs> but I do have like a in, like a feeling about the supernatural. I've had that okay. for as long as I can remember. Okay. I think because when I was nine, I experienced something supernatural. Right. Like an actual, when I got called into ministry, it actually was a supernatural encounter with God. Right. And I was... I felt like I was transported, literally transported into the glory of God as a nine-year-old. Wow. Now when I'm reading things in the Old Testament, I'm like, oh my goodness, that was a little bit of what happened to me. Right. Okay. In a very small context. Let's oh, just take it here. But for sure. a glory cloud, literally in white, like a lot of things that happened. And so I think it triggered like something in my heart of like an awareness okay. of like, there is something so real and something so much greater that I can't see. Like okay. I'm actually yeah. veiled from. Right. And, but. I also experienced on the opposite side, I had some spiritual encounters with darkness that were very pivotal. Really? Yes. So the first one I could probably remember. So when I'm talking about these, it's not meant to be fearful, but it's meant to say there is spiritual conflict. It's real. Yeah. So the first happened at nine, which was an an amazing experience with God that unveiled this awareness spiritually on God and angelic. Yeah. But when I was probably about 13, 14, I was babysitting across the street and I remember vividly, I was watching this show and I didn't know what it was at the time, but it was this horror show that kind of starts like a show, like a drama. And then it moves into like a really scary show. Okay. And um, I think it was like Freddy Krueger or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It yeah, starts like out like Friday the 13th or something. Something like that. But okay. it started out and I didn't know what it was. It was on TV. Okay. And it, it had nothing really to, well, maybe it did have to do the show, but I was watching this. I remember it started to get scary and I, I was all of a sudden comp- completely completely paralyzed like paralyzed really and i literally felt an entity walk into a room that was very dark i didn't see anything but i could sense it's like my whole body seized and my eyeballs <laughs> i remember that like you kind of watched it watched it move come in from the doorway go up to where the tv was and start to walk towards me oh it my. literally i knew exactly where this dark figure was in the room and I was paralyzed with fear oh my gosh but interesting enough now that I'm older and I've had numerous experiences when I was called in ministry at nine I literally felt a similar thing of being I want to use the word paralyzed but almost like wrapped up by God but it was peace and love interesting and comfort and warmth this was the opposite paralyzed wow. by fear terror like this feeling like like couldn't breathe almost holding right, my breath right and as it started to walk towards me I could hear my mind Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus and I couldn't open my mouth and I started all of a sudden to climb up the back of the couch I remember being 13 14 doing this my back was against the wall and I was standing at on the couch wow. and then I started to yell Jesus Jesus and it left and that was probably my first encounter wow. with something that was darker and then I just, I've been very sensitive to different things like that, like sensing like darkness, but also heavenly too, right. not just right. the dark, yeah, 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 but yeah. heavenly. Yeah. So spiritual conflict has always been something I've been very aware of. Okay. And yeah. So okay. how about for you? That's interesting. I, I don't really have any encounters with the, like definitely not 
darkness. I mean, occasionally I think I'll have a dream that has a dark undertone or that I can sense that there's maybe even some spiritual conflict that's taking place within the dream. Um, I, I definitely have God dreams as well. Sometimes some, some dreams that I know that God is trying to give me a message or say something to me or just lead me in a direction through. Um, I, I can, I can sense that, but, but typically I don't really have an oversensitivity to, you know, the, the spiritual realm as, as far as the dark, the dark side of the spiritual realm, the kingdom of darkness. But always probably since probably like since in my 20s i i've been very very fascinated with the spiritual realm mm-hmm. and i always believed that there was one but i don't always know exactly what i believed about it and so it was interesting to go to this teaching and this training because um the the teacher john thompson he actually has, I think he has a doctorate in spiritual conflict. Mm. So, I mean, like this guy is a theologian and has really studied from scripture exactly, you know, what, <laughs> what the Bible says about spiritual mm-hmm. conflict mm-hmm. and just the way that he presented the information. It was so confirming. Amazing. And so confirming. Yes, it of, was. Like you, you, you knew that this was definitely present. You see it all through the scriptures, but just the way that he was able to pull it out of the scriptures and teach it, it made a lot of sense. And I think one of the things that happened for me during the teaching that I realized was that um, over the last several years, I don't know if I've always thought this, but there is a school of thought around spiritual conflict that once you become a believer, once you get saved and you give your life to Jesus, that light and dark have no, like they can't coexist, right? So if you're a believer, all the works of darkness in your life leave as -hmm. you've given your life to Jesus, you've surrendered your life to Jesus, you know, you've asked for forgiveness and you are cleansed and made new and you are now righteous. And so there cannot be any works of darkness present in your life if you have Jesus. Jesus can't coexist with darkness. There's even a scripture that people use to refer to this. And it is it's a school of thought. It's a belief around spiritual conflict. And I think there was a part of me that believed a little bit of that. Like I didn't think that people who were believers could have a demon uh, because how could a demon live where Jesus lives? Like I, and I mean, I know that's a very literal, that's a very Mm -hmm, literal mm -hmm. mindset, but, but I think there was a part of me that believed it. However, I could acknowledge that many people who called themselves believers were not free. And I've always had this incredible passion. I believe it's part of my calling. I believe it's a part of what God's called me to do is to help people get free, to, to see, to lead people to a place of freedom. And I've always been very passionate about walking a life of freedom. And so there was just that question was always there. How does that work exactly? Mm-hmm. How does that work exactly? So I did realize through the training and it was confirmed that, and so I would use words like stronghold. Like I was okay with that. Right. Yeah. I was okay to say there's a stronghold or oppression. Yes. Yeah. You're oppressed, you know, by something that's not from God, but to actually say you have a demon. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, "Uh, I'm not sure if that's what it is or if, is it just semantics? 
is a demon a stronghold? Is it the same thing? Like I, yeah. I wasn't sure about that. But after I went to the training, I realized eh, we all have demons. Yeah. And I'm sorry <laughs> to actually say that on a podcast because probably listeners are like, what? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Don't turn off just yet. Don't turn it off. We're not crazy. Don't but, turn it off just yet. But no, it's not like it's it's not like that. But yeah. yes, anything that is not from God's kingdom is from the kingdom of darkness. That's right. There's only two kingdoms. And I love how John Thompson taught it. He said, he kept using this phrase all the time. That's not from our side. That's right. And I love it. There's no Switzerland. There's no middle. There's no neutral there's ground. No, there's no neutral ground. There's none. No, there is the kingdom of God and yeah. the kingdom of light. And there's the kingdom of darkness. That's it. And so he he constantly taught us in, in pulling through the scripture, you have to discern the source of everything. What is the source of anything that is in your life? What's the source? Does it come from God or is it not from our side? And, and I, and for me, that just resonated. That made a lot of sense. And it actually helped to explain, I think some of my own frustrations Mm -hmm. with helping people walk out this journey of faith and not being able to get free. Oh, I love, and you know, he used a really neat picture about that because I've been similar to you, Laura, because you know, we've never, we've been hesitant to say, oh, you've got a demon (laughs) or that's, how do you even say you have a demon? Like, are you possessed? You can't be possessed. Even that word was confusing because it was almost like you're either possessed or oppressed. There was no other. So it's like, well, you can't be possessed if you love God by the devil or a demonic force, but it's more than just oppression. Like you're actually being ruled by something. What is that? So exactly. That's been like a tension for me too. So exactly. It wasn't like, oh, wow, I learned. It just aligned everything together and affirmed, oh, this is how it works and articulated. And I love the picture he did. He pictured it like a house, your house being your heart, your life being a house. Yes. Inside you. That's exactly like when you accept Jesus, your savior, the ownership is given to God. God owns the house, but you could have squatters that have found an opening in a window and they're sitting in one of the rooms and they're destroying the room, like destroying it. And, um, and you can live in the rest of the house. Totally. And God owns a house, Yeah. but this one room is occupied by uninvited guests and they live there. Yeah. So you actually, you're not possessed, but you are in, like influenced by, yeah. e- by yeah. evil in yeah. one room of the house. That's right. So that is a difference. I think I, we take possession like, oh, well, nothing can be owned. Well, no, God owns the house that yeah. we are possessed. Oh, he possesses our lives. Yes. Yes. But we are possessed by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy if Spirit. we've given our life to Jesus. Like that's if, right. If God's spirit literally owns us. That's right. Yeah. But we could have a room yeah. that has been taken over. And that's where that freedom journey is. And that is companions that have been allowed in that have gotten in. And we've maybe gotten used to our house having this one room. That's just destroyed all the time. Yeah. And we just close the door or yeah. when we hear it rocking around, like the ruckus, we're like, oh, well, that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. We've become, we've cozied up to it, been okay with it. Yeah. But that's where the freedom was talking about that. We have to open that door. We've got to have freedom. We've got to kick out those hitchhikers that have jumped in there. Yes. And we've got to close the window. Yeah. And that's where the living of freedom is, keeping yeah. that, those windows locked. 
And that is our ownership with the, dis, you know, the disciplines of our spiritual walk, exactly. confession, deliverance does that. It's like a fresh yep. cleaning of the house, like having a massive spring clean yep. every day cleaning. Yes. And so I just love the analogy of a house because yeah. I think we identify with that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I thought that was so powerful because yeah. even with my daughter, um, she had an experience with like a, a, a conflict, a spiritual conflict and was, we were trying to get our mind around it and she loves God with our heart. But she was like, mom, I just felt like this was an area that God set me free, but I didn't feel it was from the outside. I literally feel like God did something inside, like something wow. was released off me. Wow. But even when we were walking her through, if I could go back in time, right? I it was like, no, you know, you were, you weren't like possessed by anything that, that was just an oppressive thing or a stronghold. No, actually there was a room in her heart yeah. that had yeah. squatters in it, like yeah. demonic. Yeah influence i think i think honestly what we need to get to the place is we're not afraid of the word demon yeah now again i don't know if the whole world is going to get comfortable with this but but i've finally gotten comfortable with yeah. this word demon because i've just realized demons are just these representatives of the darkness they, that's right they are these just like angels these yeah these beings these you know entities i guess yeah, yeah. That, that was a good word these beings that represent the darkness in our life, the sin, the brokenness, the hurt, the yeah. unforgiveness, like all the things that we, again, cozy up to. And I remember um, him saying over and over again, you know, this realm of darkness, there's nothing fair about it. Yes. There's nothing was fair a about revelation it. that way. Just it really that word. was because no fair you know, game. I think there, I think one of the things we think is, well, how does, how does a demon get in? How, how does it, how does it happen? Right. And there is no, um, there's no like absolute clear way, clear pathway that it looks for. It looks different for every single person. So, you know, one of the ways is definitely through sin, mm -hmm. but not every sin brings in a demon. That's right. It, it, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Why? I don't know. <laughs> it's not fair. It doesn't yeah. make there. So there's no like absolute, um, way of explaining, but sin definitely opens the door for one of those squatters to move in. But does it automatically mean you have one? No, no, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. It absolutely doesn't. And again, if you're, if we're walking in spiritual disciplines, if we're operating no, we're authority in, in Christ, yeah, our authority in Christ and, you know, it, then, you know, no, not necessarily. Well, well, what about habitual sin, sin that's happening every day? Well, you're definitely going to get closer to one being able to move in. When does it happen? It, it doesn't, there isn't, there, there isn't an answer to that. There's not a clear answer to that. For some, it happens right away. For others, it can go on for a long time. Mm -hmm. There's no clear answer. You know, it can come in through the hurt or pain that someone else causes you. For sure. Is that fair? No. No, that's not fair. Yeah. That's not fair. That, that person didn't invite that. That person didn't do anything. But can it come in through that? Yeah, it can. And it's not fair. Yeah. And so we talked even about a child. Yeah. Even in the Bible. Yeah. Like yeah. that's not fair. Like yeah. what a kid, like totally. a little kid that was, totally. you know, and, but that's yeah. exactly not fair. There's no yeah. rules. No, there's no rules. There's no fair rules. No. And that's, that's no. a concept that we, I think have been naive to. Yeah. Do they go like somehow like, oh no, that won't happen. Oh no. Yeah. Like you're yeah. a fair game and it's not fair. Yeah. 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 So, so anyway, so that was another mm. like really, really interesting thing. Um, a couple of weeks ago, actually, I had a dream. I actually had a dream and I kind of had a dream of exactly what you just described. Um, I, I, I just had a very vivid, very vivid. And again, this was probably just a revelatory God dream for sure. But I had a dream of those little squatters. I had a dream of, you know, kind of a house, but I actually saw a person 
and uh, I saw these little squatters and in my dream they were green, which is funny. I don't know why they were green. They were very small and they were very ugly, but almost so ugly they were cute. And there was just this sense of that coziness that you could actually befriend them. They were ugly, but they were almost cute, which is a weird, which is a weird thing. And they were small. You didn't feel threatened by them. You didn't feel threatened. They were very small. They were, they were Mm. very, very small. And I, and I saw in the dream, I saw almost like one on the shoulder of a person trying to get in. And then I had this image and I know it's probably because Jay recently had a tick, but I had this (laughs) image actually of a tick, how a tick burrows like its head into into your skin and it was almost as though this squatter that's how the squatter got in again I, this is just a very visual picture it's, I don't think this is exactly how it happens but it was like you know kind of a, a picture into the spiritual realm and how like it's really very very you can't actually pull it off in your own strength like the person was trying to pull it off and it had burrowed it had started to burrow its head in to try to actually get on the inside of the house and and they couldn't pull it off in their own strength. It was only something that God by in his power could do. And, uh, and yeah, and then eventually they, they, they make their way on the inside, but they start on the outside and they actually start on the outside with, you know, lies, lies that have truth in them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was the other piece that I was like, Whoa, that's crazy. Every single lie has a measure of truth in it, which is why it's so easy for us to believe and um, so true Lord. yeah and then and then yeah and then they 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 start on the outside and then they make they make their way on the inside and then once they get on the inside then that's when they become actual squatters and they take up residence in a part of our life that we well I would say allow but not always it's not always because we've allowed it yeah. sometimes it is really just because they're relentless relentless that was such a that was a not a rev I don't want to say a revelation but just like an like whoa an awakening yeah no fair game yeah and you're yeah. like okay yeah and, and I love when the scriptures talk about so much be alert yes it's not like we're looking around for this to happen or under yeah. every bush there's a demon we're not looking like that but don't be unaware of the enemy's schemes he prowls around like our roaring lion yeah like he's not just oh well no big deal he is prowling yeah. waiting yeah just waiting for that little vulnerability the openness and I think that's exactly what we're talking about not everything brings in demonic influence no. into your life no. but you also have to to be ruthless with your own lives too like not just be like oh that's no big deal well is it what kingdom like you're choosing a kingdom is that a big deal or is it not a big deal to God? Is that a big deal? Is that God's fruit? No. So why would I just be like, oh, no big deal? Well, that's exactly the cute, ugly, but cute. It's not like in my face. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, it's not that bad. It's, I'm not threatened by it. Nothing's no. affecting me. Or, But exactly that. Yeah. So I think it's the awareness that we are under attack at all times. We are. Yeah. Like, that's just a spiritual awareness to wake up to, to be like, okay, now greater is he that's in me. Yes, absolutely. In the power of God. We focus much more on the greatness of God, but we do have to be made aware of that. Yeah. So I do love that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. No, it is. It's, it's yeah. really, it's a powerful thing. And again, this conversation is not meant to instill fear. That's right. Or even a hyper-focus on Absolutely. The, the kingdom of darkness, yeah. you know? And I think like for 
for most of my, my Christian walk, um, for most of my walk of faith, I, I've wanted to focus on the greater power that exists in who God is. Greater is he who is in us than he is in the world. Like just have that focus. And I think that's absolutely, absolutely true. And most of our battle in faith is going to happen through spiritual disciplines, through mm-hmm. literally just walking a lifestyle of obedience to God, mm-hmm. through you know the reading of scripture and spending time with God, and then walking out spiritual disciplines um, in order to walk a life that's free. And so it's not to become afraid mm-hmm. or it's not to become like hyper fixated on all of that stuff. But at the same time, I don't think we do anybody any favors not to acknowledge. That's right. You know what I mean? That's that right. it is a very real part of our walking out of our faith journey and what that looks like. Yeah. And I think that's what we talk about deliverance and just the, the daily uh, awareness of to renounce, to release, to come to God, because he's the only one supernaturally that can carry us. He's the only one that can set us free, actually. Even us being acknowledging this, that doesn't do anything outside the power of God. We need the power of God. And so exactly, I identify, I totally affirm that as well. This is meant to just be aware and to just take stock of our hearts. And uh, I love that during the, he gave us um, a daily prayer of renouncing. And it's not meant to be like going demon hunting. It's not like that, but it's an awareness to say, God, we are just human. We're, we're vulnerable and we're fragile. We release everything into your hands. We are yours. We come under your covering. But if there's any way in me, like release me from it, cleanse me, create me a clean heart. I think all of that, those are the prayers. It's like, we're just aware every day that we take stock, those moments, take captive your thoughts take captive those things and submit them to God. It's not for us to manage. We cannot conquer that without the power of the Holy Spirit, but we have to bring it somewhere. We have to be aware and diligent because as we've been saying, companions, there's only two sides and our thoughts, we can choose to bring that into our heart. A thought is not like a sin, (laughs) a sin. No, it's not. No. But take captive and submit it to the word of God. Is it a truth? And we're not just even talking about... Well, I shouldn't say a thought is not a sin. A thought could be a sin, actually. It could be a sin if you meditate it, on it. Could it. Be a sin. it could be a sin. But but a temptation is not a sin. Yeah, yeah. But, but a thought a thought pattern could definitely be a that's sin That's right. Pattern, when for you sure. start yeah. to think a certain way, when you start to habitually mm-hmm. bring different thoughts in, but when you just have a temptation, a thought temptation you submit it to God. And so we're not talking about that. Like you're rebuking every single thought. You're just like, no, I am aware that we are in a war. And just like in a war, there's arrows flying. It's exactly the same things. They're, they're trying to hit targets. They're trying to, it's the same if we take it on a big scope, but God, he talks about the armor of God. There's a shield of faith. There's a breastplate of righteousness, a helmet of salvation. God has already equipped his body and his church with all that we need to be victorious through Jesus Christ. That's not right. victorious through Rhonda Corto, not through Lori Boucher, not through Life Center, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We have victory because of the cross, the finished work of the right. cross right. and the power of the Holy Spirit that indwells yeah. us. Yeah. But we have to put on, he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness and above all, stand firm, stand That's firm in your right. faith. That's right. So those are the disciplines that come yeah. from walking out our faith. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I remember um, talking about the ownership and the possession. Um, I remember he he asked the question because in the scriptures, right, people and people often ask, mm. like, can a Christian be possessed? And he asked us the question, he said, what if in the scriptures 
the word possess means something different. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay, well, what does it mean? And so I guess scripturally, you know, in the Greek, the word possess means something different than what it means to us. So can a Christian be possessed according to what it meant in the Greek? Yes, because this is what it meant. It means it means um, tormented, vexed. So it doesn't mean actual ownership the way that we use the word possess. That means ownership. It actually means, um, yeah, to be tormented or to be vexed. And the truth is that we, any one of us would, would absolutely say that when like we're dealing with something like unforgiveness, we are tormented with the thoughts of, our anger towards them, the unjust, the injustice of what happened to us. Like our minds don't ever stop thinking about having the conversations in our head to them. Like, I mean, there is a sense of torment that comes when we are in bondage to something. And that's actually what the word possess means in the Greek, uh, in the New Testament. And so demons cannot have ownership, but they can have internal or external influence Mm -hmm. over us. And I love how he said this, you are owned by God, you are possessed by the Holy Spirit, you are bought by Jesus Christ, but you can be influenced by unholy behavior. Yes, that's so powerful. Yeah, Yeah. so yeah, I thought that was really, really, just, just a really good explanation and really helps, again, you know, when you're a theologian and you literally have studied this for years and years and years and years and years, like we, what we understand just from reading the scriptures and what you can pull out of it, it literally, we could spend our whole lifetimes, you know, unpacking the measure of the fullness of it, even how he, um, shared about in the opening lines of Genesis, right? About the water and about how the demonic, you know, lived in the water. And you, again, you you wouldn't get that just by reading the words, but the study of it and what it really meant, the tumultuous spiritual conflict that was taking place right at the beginning of time and then took us right to Revelation in the end where he talks about the water would be no more, meaning that spiritual conflict would come to an end. And so all throughout the scriptures, right? Oh and yeah, like just, when all of a sudden the storms come up trying to take Jesus and the disciples up. We're like, wow, how did that? We're thinking naturally, but actually Jesus calmed the wind and storm. He wasn't. He rebuked it. He rebuked it. Sorry, rebuked the he wind rebuked and storm. It, it yeah. wasn't just a natural element. No, it no. was coming from the <laughs> the wind and the the sea was rising up. It's quite something when you think about, like I've always loved the story of Elijah on uh, with the war and the servant that stood beside him and he was terrified yes, that they were going yes, to lose. Yes, That's yes, actually yes. one of my favorite stories. And he asked God to give him the eyes to see. I'm paraphrasing here. Like Elijah asked, cause Elijah was fully confident and asked God to give the servant the eyes to see. And all of a sudden he saw the army of the Lord outside the of the city realm. In, the, in the spiritual realm, you know, and I think, oh my goodness, or like think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the spiritual realm, like that was Jesus in the fire, but yeah. people all saw it. Like there was yeah. a spiritual, like what was happening in the fire, in the natural, yeah. there was a spiritual involvement. There's yeah. so many, yeah. there's so many stories in the Bible of yeah. when the, when we actually cross, when that crosses into our natural realm yeah. for us to see. Yeah. yeah. 
that to me is so amazing. And the truth is really that we do have a whole spiritual realm of God's kingdom fighting for us. That's exactly. Right? Yes. So it isn't just that we're standing alone. That's right. Being barraged with, you know, darts from the enemy, uh, you know, being attacked constantly from the enemy. No, we literally have the armies of heaven yes. fighting for us, yes. fighting with us as, you know, children of God as belonging yeah. to God, as belonging to, yeah. to Jesus and having the Holy Spirit within us. So yeah. that's really, that's a, a, that's important that we know yes, that. Yes, exactly. That we believe that, that we, that we feel that, that we trust God in that, that we're not walking this by ourselves. Like no. we're not the lone warrior having to ward no. this off by ourselves. We literally have yeah. the armies of heaven fighting with us. Because God wants us to be free. Yeah. He wants us to walk in the fullness of the freedom he has. He wants us to experience the fullness of the fruit of his spirit, of love and joy and peace. He doesn't want us to have any of the other stuff. None of it. None of that is from him. None yeah. of that comes from him. And he's fighting for us to have that. So, oh, and he's, so, and it's a, a mighty army, like a mighty, mighty, mighty army. Or even though we're talking yeah. about darkness, yeah. uh, God, it's God yeah. and yeah. his army yeah. and we're on his side. And yeah. I just love that. And it says the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's, yeah. but that's where we come under the covering. But our job really is our ownership yeah. is really to clothe ourselves in God. If we think that we can just do whatever we want. Yeah. And not spend any time in the word, not pray and not be under it, like have any influence. We are very deceived Yeah, yeah. that we are already deceived with <laughs> trying to do things with God that we daily need. Yeah. We need God to lead us not to temptation, deliver us from all evil for yeah. yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Yeah. Yeah. So and bring that revelation of truth, like from God's that's word. That's exactly God's word really is the truth that needs to align our lives. Not that's what right. We think or not what we believe or not, that's right. but that we allow the truth of God's word to we align our lives to that. <laughs> totally. Lord, yeah. even speaking about spiritual conflict, one of the revelations I had just as he was talking, when he talked about the birth of Christ, yes, I loved that he used the word invasion and just saying, you know, we picture Christmas, we picture the little baby Jesus. And obviously it's a baby and yeah. gentle, meek yeah. and mild. Yeah. And yeah, there's an aspect to that yeah, too. The humble. Okay. The yeah. humble, all of that. But in the spiritual realm, it was a full-on assault against the enemy. Right. Full-on assault. <laughs> Ruthless assault right. Right. for the prince, the ultimate prince, right. the king of right. kings. Right, right, right. Landing feet, like feet on the ground right. on this territory to say, right. these are my kids. Right. Like you've, you've created so much habit, but yeah. I am here yeah, like yeah, on yeah. the ground yeah, feet, yeah, yeah. man, God became I've flesh. Away. I've made, made away. away. Yeah. And in the spiritual realm, we see on the naturals, like, you know, this little baby in a stable in the spiritual realm. Do you imagine what that would have looked like? That's the so invasion. Cool. Wow. So it's like Christmas was not this gentle, meek, mild time. Right. It right. was actually an assault and an invasion wow. of the armies of heaven and the King of Kings and the Prince wow. of Peace landing wow. on earth in this form that just yeah. changed everything. Yeah. The plan of salvation yeah. just changed our lives. So, and it was, I've just been thinking about Christmas in that way. It's like the invasion. The wow. Invasion. That's, that's, that, that's the awakening moment. I think for yeah. this, for this podcast, just 
it, just thinking about it through that because it is you're right we think about it in such a sweet oh we're so thankful we're so but no literally the assault on the kingdom of darkness that what Jesus came to do that he actually came to make a way that he actually came he so yeah. that we can be free so we can walk free of all of this darkness that wants to rule us we can be free from that we can walk in the fullness of what we were created to do it is an actual full-on assault on the work of darkness full-on I love the so word good. assault against darkness and invasion. Invasion. He invaded. Wow. And I just love wow. that. Wow. So really that good. was something like I took away from that when That's he talked really about good. that. And I was like, wow, I've never really thought about Christmas, like the invasion wow. of wow. heaven on earth. So, wow. so incredible. I mean, there are, you know, again, there are so many different stories and, and with this whole realm and even ministering to people who, um, you know, who are going through freedom or deliverance and, and being in that kind of environment, it looks different for everybody. Yes. Uh, you know, you and I shared our own deliverance stories and where, you know, as a tear was coming down your face, you knew that there was like a release coming and, you know, for other people, there's physical kind of physical manifestations that happen, um, as they're getting free. Again, it's not about what you see on the outside. It's not about the manifestation, but usually if there is some sort of demonic activity that's happened or, you know, a a demon inside or, you know, something that you've made um, an agreement with, then usually there's some sort of physical release that happens as you're set free from that. I know some people cough, some people yawn, some people, you know, it's a breath. Some people actually like kind of purge a bit, like, like gag (laughs) gag or throw up or yeah. And I mean, you can see some pretty crazy things too, when there's like occultic things, you know, we don't have that as much here in, in North America, but like there's nations that have roots in the occult, I mean, so, so deep. So you can see all kinds of things. But um, I remember one story that he told about a girl who had come to him and she, um, you know, she had this tormenting spirit in her house. And she said, you know, this, this spirit torments me in the living room, you know, and, and so, and he has a gift of discernment. And so when he looked at her, is that what he he said? When he looked at her, he actually saw the spirit he in saw, the living room he saw like the in, demon her house. in the living room and the demon yeah. looked right at him in the eyes and at this time he he didn't even really know what to do with that so he commanded the spirit to leave the living room and so then she went home and it was gone from the living room but then it was tormenting her in every other room of the house because he didn't actually command the, to house. Leave the house <laughs> so I just thought wow okay that's that's really interesting and again there there's probably an endless amount of things you could learn about this because there's no rules there's there's no yeah. rules and so you really do have to rely on the gifts of the Holy Spirit in order to enter into a place of even ministering in this space because there's no rules. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. single one looks a little bit different. And, yeah, and, yeah. and so it's crazy. But um, I remember them talking about how when you're praying for someone or when you're ministering to someone, like this isn't a match against you and a demon. Yes. Like yes. it literally is Jesus inside of you. It yes. literally is a work of the Holy Spirit inside of you. It's not you. You 
yourself don't possess the power. We don't have the authority to in get our own. rid of demons, but no. But the but spirit God, of yes. God inside of you is literally taking the rightful authority over that presence, over that darkness in your life, and that's what's happening. And I, I really liked that because. I did think like, okay, because I, I know I don't have that power. I really don't. But I do know that I have the Holy Spirit within me. And so I can step into that space and walk that out. And he also said, you must be a believer in order to set other, people's free, uh, other people free. Yes. It's absolute. And, you know, if there's been uh, a kind of connection with the supernatural before you're a believer, then that definitely isn't from our side. That's because right. There's an awareness that comes, you know, when you give your life and surrender your life to Jesus, and um, and you have to you have to release that so the, the source of that because that didn't that That's didn't right. come from God. That's right. And so so yeah, I thought that was really really interesting. But when you think about um, who can minister to people in this way, because I I wonder if even as we're talking about this, if people are thinking, wow, like I would love to serve in a ministry like that I would love to be a part of helping to get to see other people free like who do you think could actually serve in a ministry like this yeah I like how they did it when we watch when we went through deliverance because I think it definitely takes time and experience and confidence and knowing your authority in Christ and operating in your gifting too Right, And we learned that as well. And I thought that was really powerful because we were talking about, yeah, on our own merit, we don't have authority. But in Christ, we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we're child and daughter. We are children of God. Right. Filled with him. That's where our authority comes from in the name of Jesus. Yes. And, but we all have different giftings too. Right. And so in a deliverance session, I love that they had multiple people in the room and they were also there on their giftings, right. that they all had diverse giftings. Right. And the one that was in charge was working like... Working in cooperation that's together. That's right, working in cooperation together. So I think it will, if that is someone's heart to be in that, then that is where you come alongside and be mentored and then allow God to reveal what that is. Maybe your what part... Your gift in that part is. That's yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like you may not end up ever being that main leader that really speaks to that person, but you might be that one right beside the leader that prophetically has feelings that really starts to pray or whatever it may be. I think it's acknowledging that we all have a unique part in the body of Christ. We're all part of a deliverance process, but it may look different in the part that you play in someone's deliverance process, depending on what gifting you have in your life and how God uses that. And I think that was another thing, the deliverance thing I really appreciate is just seeing that panel and they all seemed very comfortable knowing that they had a unique place like it's not that they were less than a leader it wasn't like a hierarchy right the gifting manifested itself in what was needed right and what they were operating in but also god gives a gifting god gives the measurement and god gives what is needed so we have to trust god in that too right that if we're asked if i'm leading something and like you're saying once again it's not me leading it but if I've if I've been a part of this deliverance ministry for a while and I'm watching God do things and it's it's actually people are being free, it's not me setting them free. And it's also not even just my gift. It's given from God, used by God. The measure of the anointing is from God. And that is really what it comes down to. Like, it's all from God. Totally. So if you want to be a part of the deliverance ministry, just say, I'm open to be used by God. Right. Don't, don't worry about what that looks like on the team or what position that's the opposite. It's like, right. be used by God. It's his anyways. He'll put you everything together. You'll all align 
and it'll be used to set someone free because the goal is to be used to see someone set free. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's what I would say. I don't know how yeah. you feel about that. But. No, no. Yeah, yeah. I would say I would I would say it similarly. Like, you know, definitely a gift, a spiritual gift of discernment, I think probably helps yes. in this type of ministry, um, you know, or even, you know, kind of that word of knowledge place of being able to, you know, if God gives you information about people that you sh- really shouldn't know. Um, I think that some of those gifts are helpful in this type of, uh, in this type of ministry environment. But I mean, the most important thing, obviously for anyone who might be interested in getting involved in, uh, in any type of freedom ministry or prayer ministry or deliverance is like your life and lifestyle and walk with God has to be because you're literally putting yourself like right into the spiritual conflict. Like you are literally physically putting yourself into spiritual conflict. And so, you know, your walk with God has to have a measure of, um, authority to be able to step yeah, into that place. Absolutely. And, submission. and yeah. it's not, it's not that you need to be a perfect Christian because nobody ever is or will ever be, but just that you're walking from a place of freedom in your life. And, and, um, and again, anybody who wants to be a part of a deliverance team needs to go through deliverance first. They, yes. they need to submit themselves to the process and let God, you know, talk to them about whatever could be there that's not from him, even the things that you're not aware of. Um, but, but I think, like, I mean, I think anyone yes. can have a part to play in it. For you know, sure. and again, like you're, like you're describing the body of Christ coming together, what a beautiful way that we can serve God, serve his kingdom and come together and be able to use the gifts that he's placed in our lives. But I love that too. The measure, it does come from God and the gift comes from God. It's not our gift. Mm-hmm. If God chooses to give it to you, then it's his gift and it's what he wants to accomplish through you. It's not yeah. yours at all. And that kind of goes back to a little bit of our conversations about, you know, just God owns everything, everything, like everything comes from him. And we just get to be a vessel that he works through in whatever measure he chooses to work through. And for some, it's just going to be a little bit. And for others, it's going to be a greater measure. And we don't actually have to be jealous about that. We don't actually have to be concerned about that. We just have to be available. That's right. We just have to be available. And if we're faithful, then we have pleased him. If we're faithful to do what it is that he has asked us to do in the measure he's given, he is so pleased with that. And we've accomplished exactly what we are supposed to accomplish. And I think sometimes we can put in our, you know, kind of North American meritocracy mindset in, you know, earning or in measure or, you know, position. Yeah. We put all these measurements on these grids of, oh, well, I'm not as called. I'm not as anointed. No, you don't even get to decide that. So Mm -hmm. don't even, don't even waste time or energy worrying about that. Just let God use you as he has determined and be faithful and be obedient. Yeah. And that's where that comparison, all of that, yeah. how all of those, yeah. that can be so disheartening. Instead of being like, you have a vital part to play in the body of Christ. Yeah. And we need you to be that part in the body of Christ. Exactly. And if you're the part of the body of Christ, then let's just all be the part about the part that we're supposed to be. Exactly. Because God's made us that part. Yes. I was, yes. we were born. We didn't have, yes. we didn't determine what gifts we'd have, what skills, yes. what we didn't determine that. Yes. And even as we minister, we can't make these things happen. No. It's just yeah. God that does it. So yeah. God gives the increase. God yeah. g- determines. Yeah. But you're right. Our heart is obedience and submission. And that's what we can even I look at Jesus, the greatest example to us all in all things at all times, the hero of every story. 
he always took time with the father. Yeah. The son of God, he'd go he had away. To hear. He had to hear. Yeah. He what, literally, what to do? that was another thing, eh? Like mm-hmm. shutting off the tap of the divine. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that's even a whole other podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. But as he was talking about yeah. that, like there's been some stuff in scripture. I'm like, how did Jesus not know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like how, I don't know. You're reading certain yeah. things. You're like, how did he not know that? Like, where, yeah. wasn't he God? Like he's yeah. God, like God's son of God. Yeah. But it literally, as um, John was talking about that, when he came to earth, he literally, Philippians thing was 2.8, did not, like he actually took on the appearance of God and humbled himself, but he literally turned off yeah. the divine tap yeah. Yeah. that he did not access that. And he literally had to go right to the father like we do yeah. every day to get his instructions, his download to be led fully yeah. by God. Yeah. And uh, that was powerful. Was it Philippians? I can't it, remember what scripture it was. was. Well, yeah. He did not count equality with God, something to be grasped. Grasp. Yeah. It, like, but it, yeah. so powerful. That scripture was unpacked in a whole nother way. So, so, so powerful. And so Jesus needed to rely on the Holy Spirit yes, and the gifts that the Holy Spirit enabled in him in every single way as the father allowed. Yeah. Like what? Yes. Insane. Because Jesus actually is our example to follow. Exactly. Well, how can we follow Jesus? He's perfect because he actually laid down his divinity and he operated in the exact same way that we're supposed to operate. Like, Lord, is that like, like it's mind blowing. Like it makes Christmas a whole other thing. But I think what's so beautiful about it. Lay down divinity. Yeah. But, but what I love, what I love so much about the whole thing (sighs) is it actually makes it attainable in the sense that like, it's not about me at all. No. Like it's really not about what I have or don't have. It just is about the operation of the Holy Spirit in my life. And that is our divine connection to the supernatural. Every single day. That's our divine connection. Yes. Yes. God's given us natural gifts. God's given us skills, abilities. We've learned things. You know, we operate in those things in our jobs and things. But when we participate with the Holy Spirit, when we participate with the supernatural to do something, you know, it's not you. You know that there's nothing that's you about it. Nothing. Yeah. Because you didn't do anything. Yeah. And something incredible happened. Someone's life was changed. Someone's life was transformed. Someone was set free. So I love that because all of a sudden I just feel like all the pressure's off. Yes. All the pressure, all the false expectations, all the weight, all the burden, all the like to have to. And I think even for us as pastors, like we're in these ministry positions every day. Mm-hmm. And there's this like weight to that of like okay I better be like I better have my game on right or even the sense of like I spend time with God in order to be ready for whatever it is that's coming but yet there's still this part of that that's in my strength no no we spend time with God to love him to know him to to have relationship with him and to rely on and be obedient to only what he's asked us to do and to everything else say no yes yes <laughs> say no yeah like jesus w- had to walk by people who were sick all the time yeah sometimes he healed the multitudes and sometimes he walked by and only healed one why because that's what his father told him to do like and it is the same for us we're not supposed to be all things to, to all, all people, people at exactly. all times 
you know, we're literally supposed to do what the Holy Spirit has asked us to do. And that's, oh, I love it. That is so powerful though. That is like that. It really was, wasn't that an awakening to be like, he turned off the tap of the divine and this is what I need to do. He's actually shown me that we can do this. We can do this, but we need to rely on just loving God and letting him be God. Yes. And getting out of the way. And getting out of the way. Getting out of the way and being like, okay. Yeah. It's it's yours, God. Getting my preferences out of the way, yep. getting the way I think it should happen, getting, yeah. you know, what I want out of the way, even my own desires, like yeah. even my own desires, like, God, why don't you use me in this way? God, why haven't you given me this gift? Like, get all that stuff out of the way, get yeah. all that stuff out of the way and just let God do what he needs to do through your life. Because the truth is, I need you in the body and you need me. Yes. Like we, we need each other. And that's the point. You know, if you have all the gifts, then we don't, you don't need me. You don't need me, but I need you. Like I need the gifts that you have. And that reliance and that interdependence on one another is exactly how God created it to be. That's right. That we would literally be interdependent on one another, relying on each other to come together and to be able to get the full picture of what God has and what he wants to do and what he wants to accomplish. So it is a sudden when you see Jesus, like he could have come turned off the divine and really walked by himself all of the time he was on earth, done the ministry, done his, done the ministry, ministered, done everything he needed to do and died, rose again, appeared to all the people that followed him. And that been it, but he chose 12 disciples. Yeah. And it was setting up what the church would look like. Yeah. That they all were diverse, different backgrounds, yes. different yeah. weaknesses, different strengths. He brought a diversity of people together to model yeah. what he was building his church on Christ. Right. But what it would look like in community. Right. And I just think that's so beautiful. Yeah. And that's exactly the disciples need each other. There's no way the gospel could have spread no. without all of them playing their part and being exactly. in the body of Christ, what exactly. God had determined. Yeah. And even then they were all questioning, like, what's going to happen to him? What's going to happen to them? Or, yeah. could, you know, and he said, don't you worry. Like, yep. you know, what, what is that to you? What is that to you? Every, what is it to us? What is it to us? What, what God does you? with you, what God does with me. It's about God. Once totally. again, what is, what, maybe that's the final saying. What is it to you? What, what is, what is happening? You, yeah. And that's, it yeah. never bears good fruit yeah. when we start to yeah. focus internally like that. But we focus on God. We're just his and all we have is his. Yeah. But it's an his. exciting time that we're living in. Oh, amazing. we get to live in the time after the Holy Spirit <gasps> has been poured out on Thank the earth. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we get to partner with that. And I, and I, I can only imagine for the disciples, like on oh, that day that, the day that of Pentecost chose <gasps> to pour out, to literally release oh. his spirit onto the earth, into his people, literally wow. what, like what that must have been for them, because that would have been the empowerment of the gifts that God has given them into them to begin to actually be exactly what you said, the church, the body of Christ began in that moment as the Holy Spirit was poured out. And we have that, we have that, that when we, you know, come to faith in Jesus, you know, when we surrender our life to him, that literally we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit fills us. The spirit of God comes. The divine and fills the, and, us. And, oh. and, partners with, and that's why oh, we can do what beautiful. Jesus did because yeah. that's, what happened to Jesus too. He was baptized and the Holy Spirit filled him, the spirit of God, enabling him to do what it is that God had set before him. Like it's insane. I'm actually feeling like, uh, like the power of the Holy Spirit right now. Like we could just start going. Like if we, 
It is the greatest gift is a cross and the power of the Holy and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit. That the, the yep. divine Spirit of yep. God lives yep. within us. Yep. We are just a vessel oh. to hold the sacred. Yep. Like it's His sacred presence. Oh, I know. And so that I wanna, new song uh, that you just introduced, King of Kings, oh. that has that line in it. He lit the flame. Oh. Lit the flame of the Holy Spirit. I, I literally like, oh, I can't even, I can't I even sing it loud enough. It's so like, just, it's incredible. It's incredible what that yeah. enables us to walk out. But again, it's meant to be walked out in the body. And so if you think you can do it alone, if you think that you should be an operation of every gift alone, you're going to be disappointed. Yes, You're, you're going to be disappointed. But if we can get this, if we can get that we have to depend on each other and we do it together... I think we will see things so far beyond even what we've seen up until now. I think w- there's something to get in that for yes. all of us, yes. for all of us, like as a body interconnected and interdependent um, in how that looks. Love it. So cool. So amazing. So cool. Well, my prayer, honestly, for every single one of you is just for a fresh empowerment and infilling of the Holy Spirit on your life, even as you listen just invite him invite a fresh and filling of the holy spirit and an empowerment of the gifts that that he has given you and the measure to which he's given it to you in and keep seeking out that community to be able to flesh that out together in a body because there is no stopping what could happen as we step into that and i believe with all my heart that there is more in you absolutely and you are worthy of love because of what jesus has done you are worthy of love yeah have a great day bye thank you for listening to the awakening moments podcast today like or subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends follow us on instagram at laurie eitz boucher and ronda.corto may you be awakened to the moments that matter the most